Hello everyone, I'm Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And today we have my good friend Maria Emmerich on the show. She's gonna be talking about sugar-free kids and how you can help your kids eat a sugar-free diet and it's simpler than you think. We're gonna be talking about all the different topics uh, surrounding keto, um, you know, why it's, you know, the, the diets today are high-fat diets. So it's, it's not just a keto diet that's a high-fat diet. And we talk about, you know, how simple it can be to cook keto recipes. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, how the recipes in Maria Emmerich's new book, Sugar-Free Kids, are very easy to make, that the kids can make the recipes also. And, you know, and why it's important to teach your children to cook for themselves and to cook healthy food and to teach them that eating healthy can taste really, really good. It's a gift that my father gave to me that really helped me throughout my life because I learned that, you know, salads and, and other types of food tasted really good. And I may not have tried them otherwise because I was, you know, teenagers and whatnot. And kids are, can be very addicted to fast food and sugar. And we also talk about, you know, how the ketogenic diet can help with various conditions like dementia and epilepsy and cancers and things of that nature. It's, and it's not just for weight loss as well. We also talk about how prevalent and dangerous vegetable oils are. I think people don't realize even if they're eating a really healthy diet with vegetables and healthy proteins, those can be just absolutely soaked in inflammatory vegetable oils, which actually replace the healthy fats in your brain cells and your fat cells, rendering your cells not able to work as well. And it hinders your metabolism. We also talk about caffeine and how caffeine can make you more insulin resistant and thwart any weight loss efforts and cause more cravings by causing a blood sugar roller coaster throughout the day. You know, a lot of people talk about the benefits of caffeine and yeah, but there's always a downside as well. So lots of interesting tips and tricks on the show today. So I know you guys listening are concerned about your health when it comes to toxins. And so I created a quiz called heavymetalsquiz.com. You can go there, it takes two seconds to take the quiz and it will give you your kind of relative body burden of toxins. I think, you know, a lot of people can't afford heavy metals testing or they're not interested in doing it or they live kind of, you know, in a remote corner of the earth where they're not able to do testing. So I just wanted to create this quiz to help you discover what your relative levels of toxins are based on some lifestyle questions. And once you, once you complete the quiz, you get a free video series that answers a lot of your frequently asked questions about how to detox your body, how long it takes, and some tips on how to detox your, your body. So go take it right now at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Maria Emmerich, is a nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. And she struggled with her health and her weight throughout her childhood, which led her to become a passionate nutrition expert. And her goal is to help transform people's lives and help them start living again. And Maria specializes in brain neurotransmitters and how food can increase mental wellness. And her expertise has sent her around the world speaking about ketogenic diets. And she also has cooked with Halle Berry and writes for Halle's website as well. And uh, she has a new book out called Sugar-Free Kids. She's got lots of best-selling books, I think even some New York Times best-selling books. And you can learn more about Maria and her work at ketomaria.com. Maria, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Wendy. It's an honor to be here. And I'll never forget when we first met on the low carb cruise. And yeah. I instantly like just loved your spirit, loved your 
you're just so happy and just lovely to be around. Yeah. Yeah, it was so funny. We we both were speaking on Jimmy Jimmy Moore's low carb cruise, and it was my first speaking gig, and oh, I was it? it was my first one. I was so excited. That was like nine years ago, and uh, yeah, so it was, it was great meeting you on that. It was an awesome experience. Um, so tell us about yourself. So you've had a, a big transformation in your life, and can you share like your before and after? Uh, beginning the ketogenic diet, which you're a huge advocate of, and you have lots of best-selling cookbooks. Um, so why did you start eating keto? Well, when I was 16 years old, I was twice my size, and I went to my family doctor because I wasn't feeling well. I knew some things were going off the kilter, and I was told I had PCOS, which is basically a type 2 diabetes that affects female fertility. Um, and I was only 16 at that time. Um, I also was given uh, an, an antidepressant because I was pretty severely depressed. I was given an acid blocker because I had acid reflux really bad and something for IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. So at that young age of 16, here I am holding on to like three prescriptions and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and the doctor said it was nothing I was doing wrong. It was the cards I was dealt, which I kind of hate her now because even 25 years ago, that's how old I am. There wasn't Google, and I quickly found that what caused PCOS was excess carbohydrates, sugar, and caffeine. And Wendy, I worked at a coffee shop where I would make the scones and the muffins and the cinnamon rolls before I'd go to high school. And then after school, I would go back, and we would close at about 5 p.m., and whatever didn't sell, I got to go home with. And so you can make damn sure I made extra cinnamon rolls that morning because I love them. And that's what I was eating, you know, just basically coffee and cinnamon rolls and scones and all of that. So, so that was like the perfect I, recipe for PCOS, <laughs> the exact re- recipe. It totally <laughs> is. Like, I know a lot of people, they harp on me for this whole caffeine thing, but it's like, well, when you look into it, that's a huge piece of hormonal imbalance, you know? So I had to get rid of it to heal myself. And I didn't want to live off of chicken breast and broccoli. Like I still don't. And so I just kind of experimented and started making some of my favorite things just differently without carbohydrates or sugar. Um, And I just kind of was doing it for myself and my friends. And what happened was we started adopting um, children. I met my husband when I was 17 and I was married before I could even drink alcohol legally. Um, and we started adopting children and he lost his job and someone said, Maria, why don't you put your recipes together in a cookbook to help raise money for your adoption? And honestly, it was the best thing because it gave me a reason to wake up. Cause I was, you know, I was so sad. I missed the, you know, I just wanted these babies and it went gangbusters and you know, now Halle Berry has the books and it's just like, Holy Hannah, I just can't believe this has all happened just because people want to eat good food, but they still want to feel good, you know? Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. So Halle Berry wrote the forward of your last book. Can you talk about how you started working with her? What happened was, I think we were watching a cooking show with my kids and all of a sudden my my phone just kept going crazy on Instagram. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, Halle Berry's like talking about you on Instagram. And I'm like, what? You know, I had no idea. I just knew that she was a beautiful actress, right? And I went there and I was like, oh my gosh. And I asked her, or I just, you know, said, thank you very much. Very grateful for your support. And um, I asked for her address and we just started talking that way. 
And we wrote her thank you cards and that type of stuff. And then all of a sudden she just said, Hey, do you want to do some cooking videos together? And I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, I do. Sadly, COVID happened and we had to do it virtually, but there's more stuff in the works, but I just can't legally talk about that. But yeah, I just said, Hey, could, would you be willing to write the forward? And she's like, absolutely. You know, she could be the biggest diva because she's accomplished so much and she's just the nicest person. Oh yeah, I know. I had a girlfriend that used to style her and she said she's such, such a nice person. Super, super yeah. sweet. Yeah, and so talk to us about, you know, uh, children and helping them to go sugar-free and, and why you think it's so important for, you know, parents to be a little bit more concerned with the amount of sugar that their children are consuming because it, it's just astronomical when you really start looking at the ingredients list and what kids are eating, the amount of sugar they're eating and how that affects their health is just, it's frightening. Well, I, I don't know if you remember uh, Little House on the Prairie, but when I was little, we had like one television in the house and it had like two channels, you know, and it was, we would watch Little House on the Prairie. It's uh, about this family that lived on the prairie and Laura Ingalls Wilder got one piece of candy a year and it was on Christmas. And now <laughs> we send these kids off to school with a bowl of cereal. That's basically candy. You know, we're, our bodies are never going to be able to handle that amount of sugar. And sadly, my sugar addiction when I was a kid caused a lot of what happened, you know, to me as a teenager. And I'm grateful that I had to change my diet at 16 because my friends are in their forties now and they're like, help Maria. And you know what? It's really hard to change your habits when they're 40 years old habits. And I don't know. I feel that there's so many delicious, you, you are in charge of your children's palate. Let's be clear. And I'm not a judgy person, but when you see a two-year-old eating a McDonald's French fry, they don't even know how to say French fry. You know, they don't know what that is until the parent introduces it to them. So why even introduce it to them? Because it's nothing but harmful vegetable oils and just processed, you know, harmful products. So to me, it's like, why not take life by the balls and change their fate? But my son one of his first foods was bone marrow. And I were like, bone marrow? I was like, it's a savory jello. Like to be the honest truth, that's what it is. And he still to this day doesn't have much of a sweet tooth because we'll make some naturally sweetened things. And he's just like, eh, he just doesn't, that's not his jam, you know? But when you grow up with a sucker in your mouth at age two, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I the amount of candy that I ate as a child was just unbelievable. And I was absolutely a sugar yeah. addict. I mean, I would literally eat, you know, spaghetti and bread, and then have a dessert and then have a couple of candy bars during the day for a snack and then have a, a pint of ice cream at night. It was just, and then I wondered why I struggled with candida and other, uh, I'd never had major health issues, but just had a lot of, a lot of funky stuff happening from extreme sugar intake. Um, and so, so, so you mentioned like your your children. He, he was eating. Uh, one of them was eating bone marrow. Are your kids sugar free? Are are they on the keto diet? Yeah, they don't. You know, I'm not a short order cook. They eat what I make, and yeah, they don't need any, They don't need to lose any weight. And the thing is, is people think that keto is this automatically weight loss diet, and it's not. You know, it's great for 
epilepsy, seizures, autism, you know, mood issues, uh, focus, energy, all of these things. So yeah, my kids, they eat probably, I mean, if I counted, I don't count, but maybe like 30 grams of carbs a day, they do higher fat, higher protein for their growth. But yeah, they, they love it. We don't do pasta or rice or sweet potatoes or potatoes or anything like that. But they love the food. And I feel that they're going to be pioneers. I think that people are going to want to study them because they, their focus and their energy and their moods are just so much different than like, they'll be playing football on the beach and all the other kids will need to take a break and a snack and have lunch or whatever. And they're like, come on guys, you know, they just want to keep going all day. And I'm really proud of them for being such pioneers and not wanting the sugar. Yeah, because you mentioned that there are so many other applications, so many other, you know, uh, health issues that would benefit from a keto diet. And there's lots of research also on dementia. We know yeah. uh, that high blood sugar can contribute to different forms of dementia. And there, there's so much research out there on uh, cancer and how this helps like different various health conditions. Totally. And I think people automatically think that you're going to lose weight on keto and that's not true you know um you know you could eat copious amounts of fat and gain weight and people do all the time so you know for weight loss keto is different but for children you know getting enough protein that's the most important thing for because there's like a leucine shift where kids need a lot of protein and then as we start aging we need a lot more too so just being aware of that um i think that's probably the biggest pitfall is people don't get enough protein on the keto diet. So I'm trying to trying to change that. Can you talk about, you know, maybe trying to convince people that this way of cooking really isn't that hard? Because I think some people will, you know, uh, just cooking in general, they can get kind of like intimidated by it, that it's a lot of work. Uh, what are your kind of tips and thoughts on that? Well, I think like uh, today or it was yesterday is like National Fast Food Day. And so we kind of jokingly, my husband jumped in the car with one of the boys and and I stayed home and cooked with the other son. And he went to Chipotle because a lot of people do like Chipotle bowls, like this keto Chipotle bowl. So he went to Chipotle, which is only like two miles away. And he went at like two o'clock in the afternoon that he did not wait in line. And by the time he came home, we were finished eating. We were finished cooking, eating, and we had leftovers for the next day. So it was not faster to pick up to go food. It was not cheaper because it was about the fourth of the price and we used all organic products to cook. So I think people, first of all, they have to realize it's not cheaper and it's not faster to eat, you know, takeout. But second of all, I think, I mean, I, I wrote three books last year. I am working every day, you know, doing podcasts, working with clients. Um, we homeschool the kids like, there's not a moment to breathe. And I still find time to prioritize food. And I believe that since I do eat such quality food, I'm able to accomplish everything that I am. Because if I did eat sugar, if I did eat all those cinnamon rolls, I do have a good cinnamon roll for you. But um, if I ate all the sugary cinnamon rolls, I wouldn't be able to accomplish what I do in a day. So, you know, it's a win-win. But here's the thing. If you don't know how to cook, what I did is I, I got the slow cookers out when I was, when I'm extremely busy, I get the slow cooker out and my kids are 11 and 12. Now they're old enough to help. 
So they help clean up dinner while I prepare dinner for the next night. So I fill up that slow cooker, put the shell in the fridge, and then in the morning you just take it out and turn it on and you come home to a delicious meal. And it usually has leftovers. My kids love my Italian chili. It's completely dairy-free. It tastes like pizza in a bowl, especially in the wintertime. You know, even here it's hot and we still just love that uh, Italian chili. And I'll make a quadruple batch. And so I put like four, like three huge things in the freezer. So all I have to do is take it out. And like, if it's, you're just single, I would say, put it in individual portions and just take one out as you want, bring it to work with you. And you have a really great, delicious bowl of soup. But that, those are like my trips. I, I batch cook a lot. I don't cook every day. A lot of it is just kind of like refurbishing things that I've made. But I, we also really love, like I love fish and it, it takes five minutes to cook a piece of fish on a cast iron skillet. And then you throw that on some greens or whatever. And I always have my sauces in the fridge. So I probably have four or five sauces that we all really love, including my ketchup. I have an ambrosia sauce and it was just like a ginger coconut sauce that I love on fish. I have those sauces in the fridge. So it's easy to make a piece of fish throw it on some greens, throw some sauce on it, and boom, you have an easy lunch in no time. So, I mean, you learn these things. I think we all get stuck and we eat like the same dinners every week and the same breakfast, you know, we, but you just have to kind of rotate them to make them healthier. So that's why I guess I'm so passionate about making recipes. Like I even have a Pop-Tart, you know, <laughs> because I want people to, to see, oh, whatever you think that you miss, there's a recipe for you. I saw that on your Facebook page. <laughs> I saw that Pop-Tart recipe. I thought, I gotta try that one because I was addicted to Pop-Tarts. I have eaten a lot of Pop-Tarts in my have days. Have you tried them lately? Like, <laughs> it, would you ever, have you ever tried them as an adult and been like, oh my gosh, it tastes like cardboard. They taste like cardboard, yeah. They're really disgusting. You yeah, know, it's like once you get into real food and you go back to that, it's like, what did I, why did I think this was a jam? Because it's not good. Yeah, not at all. I would much rather have a bowl of papaya or some healthy food because yeah. you, your your palate changes. I mean, it's it's not easy when you're eating a lot of processed food or the standard right. American diet or fast food that kind of hijacks your taste buds. Yeah. But once you start eating healthier food, you start craving that. I Because I feel so good all the time eating freshly prepared foods. And that's all I want. I don't want boxed food. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, so so there's some people, they struggle with keto a little bit. Uh, are there any tips like maybe for women uh, for uh, starting the keto diet or maybe if they've had trouble with like a, a high fat diet? So like any tips for women on, on doing the keto diet? Yeah, I will say like the, um, the standard American diet is already high fat. We don't need to add any more fat to it. So if your body's already high fat, you want to let your body use that fuel to make ketones. But if you're eating a lot of dietary fat, it can't. So don't think that you need to add butter to your coffee, which I don't recommend coffee in general, but don't be doing that or eating fat bombs or things like that. Eat real food because A, the nutrients are not in the fat, they're in the protein. The animal protein has, first of all, it has fat in it. And second of all, that's where the nutrients are. If you compare like MCT oil is more processed and has less nutrients in it than cane sugar does. 
but people don't think of it that way. I do. But even, you know, like butter has some like vitamin A in it. But if you put that compared to a piece of fish or a, even a steak, people don't realize the most nutrient dense food is a steak. If I put a plate of kale in front of you, a plate of blueberries in front of you or a steak in front of you, most people don't realize the steak has the most nutrients out of all the other things. Yeah, I wrote an article called Is Red Meat a Superfood? When I got so much flack for that article, but it's true. It's true. It's a superfood. It is. It is. Like we got a lot of pushback because my kids don't really like vegetables. And so my parents were really kind of like judgy about it and this and that. And my husband started, he's like Mr. Scientist, started making charts of where like he compared all the different vegetables, all the different fruits, and then the meats that my boys like. And meat and then organ meat is a whole superfood, you know? And then that ended up becoming in a book and stuff. But it just started to prove my parents wrong because we just wanted them to be like, don't worry about it. There's a lot of anti-nutrients in the vegetable. So like oxalates. So, but that was a whole nother thing they didn't want to hear. And so let's talk about vegetable oils because you mentioned, you know, most people are eating a really high fat diet. And so vegetable oil is a huge component of so many people's diets, even if they're eating vegetables or they're eating, you know, yeah. healthy foods at say yeah. even whole foods or at restaurants, they're usually drenched in vegetable oil. What's, what's going on there? What's the problem? Yeah. I talked to a chef at a very fancy restaurant and he said, Maria, you'd be surprised that even at this fancy restaurant, about 90% of what people are ordering are, has vegetable oil in it, or it's made in vegetable oil. It's cheap. It's cheap for a restaurant. It's cheap for food producers. It's in, what's sad is there's a lot of keto influencers that have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and they have a louder voice than I do. And they will do like promotional posts for like mayos that have harmful, they're made with soybean oil or cottonseed oil or canola oil. These things that are really probably more harmful than sugar is because vegetable oils change the structure of our cells. So they don't talk anymore very well. And then you can't handle the sugar bomb that comes with it. And most foods that you buy on the shelf are not just filled with sugar, they're filled with vegetable oil. So you're getting like a double whammy. Vegetable oils are very inflammatory. You know, our bodies, they're basically like a plastic type fat. And they basically make your cells look like plastic. And that's why they don't talk well anymore. They were subsidized in like the 1970s. And since then, heart disease went the lines like straight up and the obesity rate is straight up. So if people try to argue, oh, they're not that big of a deal. I argue that they are. And it, it was probably the last thing I cut out of my diet because, you know, you have the keto things that have mayo or ranch dressing or this and that. Like, why are those so bad? You know, I'm traveling. Why can't I have some mayo? And now I, I just won't even touch them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just amazing when you look at, start reading the labels of foods, the processes, the soybean oil, cottonseed oil, and they're hydrogenated, yep. which they, uh, you know, make them shelf stable. They're, they're just horrifying <laughs> what they do your body. It's so inflammatory. So yeah, you really, uh, you know, it's, you want to cut out sugar, but yeah, you, you really, you have to work pretty hard 
to cut out the vegetable oil. I mean, you, you basically can't eat out unless it's a really high-end restaurant and you're right. making sure they're using olive oil. Yeah, like we'll go to a steak place and make sure that they're grilling it or, you know, they don't brush it with the oils when they are grilling it. It, it is really hard, but my kids, they love sashimi. So, um, you know, like we'll stick with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I like sushi when I go out too. And so what's your take on caffeine? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, again, there's no judging. I was addicted to caffeine for many years and it was one of the last things I cut out of my life. But caffeine increases androgens. And high androgens in a female body is what causes PCOS. And um, PCOS is that polycystic ovarian syndrome, causes hormonal imbalances. And 90% of people that I'm sure you work with, that I work with, they have sleep issues. They're not sleeping enough. They have anxiety. And caffeine, you know, will cause more issues with that. But on top of that, caffeine has been proven to make you less insulin sensitive. And in this world of sugar bombs everywhere, we don't need that. That's causing more harm. And coffee is the most mold-containing food out there. If you call it a food, it's a drug, but um, it has the most mold in it. Yeah, and, and also caffeine just sends you on like a blood sugar roller coaster throughout the yeah. day. You know, it raises your cortisol levels and then your blood sugar kind of insulin spikes and then that crashes and then you're hungry. I think people don't realize yeah that it, it sends them all this this craving thing throughout the day and they end up eating a lot more food than they mm -hmm. might normally not have if they didn't have caffeine so. i'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people they after i kind of wrote about that ad and talked about it some doctors did a youtube video showing on cgms oh see my blood sugar didn't change well first of all those cgms are pretty inaccurate um but second of all like the proof is in the pudding. When you cut it out, so many people are like, oh my gosh, Maria, I lost four pounds this week. And the only thing I changed was cutting out the caffeine and I no longer crave chocolate, you know, like that type of stuff. And I don't know, I guess I remember having one too many cups of coffee. And then I felt like a guitar string that was too strong. Like I was just going to, you know, pop at any moment. I didn't like that feeling. I like having energy, but I like having this real energy that's not that you know shaky-ish type feeling yeah exactly yeah i know i think people they get uh, they get so used to that and they're also because their diet is so bad in the first place their their body just isn't op, op, you know optimized to producing energy yeah. you know and so they yeah. look for it artificially so um yeah. so tell us about your new book and what it's all about and and where we can get it well, sugar-free kids, um, like, thank you for mentioning, Halle Berry did write the foreword. There's so many, there's a lot of recipes. Most cookbooks only have like 100 recipes. I always like pack more than 200 and my publisher's like, no, 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 it's going to be way too big of a book. Um, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, you know, maybe some Targets will have it, but, you know, any bookstore will carry it. But um, sugar-free kids, it was a true labor of love. I think it's the best book I put out there. I have a lot of people say, I don't even have kids. It's my favorite book of yours. It's very simple recipes because I wanted to, to be, you know, the labels on each recipe say, you know, if a little kid could make it by themselves or if they should have a parent's help or it should be like parent led, you know, but most of them can be made by my kids. I've, I've tested them. I have recipe testers with little kids that have done it themselves. 
you know, and they're, they're kids, classic favorites. Everything that you could think under the sun is in there. There's little baseball cupcakes for you or whatever, but there's also, you know, your favorite, you know, grilled cheese and tomato soup. I put that in, I did a holiday chapter. That's my favorite chapter because I think that during the holidays, we all crave certain things to, you know, we, we have memories of different holidays where like I made spaghetti and meatballs with noodles and there's spaghetti and eyeballs for Halloween. So there's with the olive, you make a little eyeball and it looks really cute. And um, like deviled eggs, I made deviled eggs into little owls and you know, because we eat with our eyes, but yet they're very simple little additions you can do to your food to make it, it's fun for an adult to eat, you know? Yeah, and I think that's such a great gift to give your to your children also to teach them how to cook healthy food. That's what my dad did for me. And it got me, it made me realize that healthy food does really taste good. Salads can taste really, really good. And I learn how to cook and I learn how to eat healthy food. Like I said, it's just one of the best gifts that you can give your, your children. And having a, a book like yours, Sugar Free Kids, to have, you know, teach them that healthy food does taste really, really good. And it's really simple and easy to make, get, you know, like sets them on a life path to set them up for success with their health. Thank you very much. Yeah. In the beginning, you know, it's not, I hate saying just a cookbook because that's like super hard to do, but it's not just a cookbook. The whole beginning is a very easy to read, almost like a comic book about, you know, where sugar is hidden, where the nutrients are in food, you know, how to like, how to make easy recipes, how to batch cook, what, what freezes easy. So it's a really great little like comic book introduction for you. Okay, fantastic. And so tell us about your website and, uh, and where we can find you, social media, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have a website. If you go to ketomaria.com, there's thousands of free recipes there because I know we had a very terrible you know, job loss and we couldn't afford to you know, buy a book, but you can always ask your library to buy it. And then it's a win-win. The library gets it, you know, you get to use it. Um, but again, there's thousands of free recipes at ketomaria.com. There's a little search button. You can search kids recipes. You could search protein or whatever, Thanksgiving recipes, Christmas recipes, whatever you're looking for. Um, we have a ton for you there. And then, oh, I will say at the bottom of ketomaria.com, you could find me on YouTube where I cook with my kids because um, I want people to see how I usually step back and they do the cooking because I want people to see just how easy some of these recipes are. Because when I first wrote my the book, the, the ketogenic cookbook, I can handle constructive criticism. And what people said was, they're good recipes, but they're too hard. And I didn't have kids then. Now that I have kids, I understand people want fast and easy and delicious. And so that's what I'm all about now. My recipes have gotten much, much easier. But if you want to check out the bottom of ketomaria.com, you can check us out on YouTube cooking the recipes too. Fantastic. Well, Maria, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I, I love your work. I've been a fan <laughs> since I, I first met you on the Low Carb I've been a Cruise. fan of you too. Yes, and you always have beautiful cookbooks. You have beautiful photos in them. They're just so well done. I highly, highly recommend them for anyone that's looking to you know, enjoy some of the benefits of the ketogenic diet. Um, so You're thanks welcome. for coming on, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you so much. 
And everyone, thanks for joining the Myers Detox Podcast, where we I, I talk about all different types of subjects related to your health. And you know, uh, when you're looking at detoxification, you've got to get the garbage out of your diet. You need to start eating organic. Start thinking about eating a little bit lower carbohydrate and take some of the stress off your liver, so it can optimize detoxification. So diet is a huge part of the conversation when it comes to detoxification. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, you deserve to feel good. So I hope you you know picked up some tips in this podcast to help you you know enjoy the health that you deserve so talk to you next week the myers detox podcast is created and hosted by wendy myers this podcast is for information purposes only statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice this podcast including wendy myers and the producers disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein opinions of guests are their own and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests this podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein if you think you have a medical problem consult a licensed physician